Good afternoon. That's happened a couple of times recently. <laughs> now, good, good to see you. Good, good to be back together. Um, tonight, I, I want to spend a little time looking in First Timothy chapter six. So, if you want to turn your Bibles over there, we're going to spend just a few minutes. This is from a sermon that uh, that someone else had given, and, and I liked it and wanted to. Uh, share some of the thoughts with you and hopefully expound on them a little bit. Um, good to see you. I, I hope you've had a good afternoon and, and had an opportunity to get some rest and relaxation. I know we were pretty tired after yesterday, so we were recouping a little bit today. and um, So I hope you were able to get some, some rest too. Love being part of the church. I think about... What, how God has blessed us in such a tremendous way. I don't say this enough, but thank you all. Thank you all for everything you do, for the way you bless our lives, for the, for the good that, uh, that we receive at your hands. And, and I hope that, that you can say the same thing about us most of the time. I know we have our weak moments, but uh, thank you. Uh, the church is such a blessing from God. And there's so much we receive um, and being here and being a part uh, of one another's lives and being part of this worship and, and the times we're able to spend together. Tonight I want to spend a little time about discussing this battle that, that we're all a part of. And it's something that Paul is writing to Timothy about. If you notice there, and I just want to read this passage together, it's kind of lengthy, but but if you would, uh, let's spend just a moment reading First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and beginning at verse 6. And so Paul's going to write about what it means, or, or he's going to write about godliness as he begins that very first phrase there, now godliness with contentment. And so that's what he's speaking about. Godliness accompanied with contentment. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out of it. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into, a, into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on, e on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. 
He who is the blessed and only pontitate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be glory, uh, sorry, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. So uh, we can read in, in Paul's letters to Timothy, he writes a lot about the conflict that the church would have with the world. And and, and and the need for the church and Timothy to be an evangelist of the church to remain faithful in the face of great temptation, in the face of great trial. Now, as is true, as was in that day, money is a great temptation for a great many people or the pursuit of it. Um... Now, you notice here, he doesn't say it's the money or the the wealth that is the great evil. What is the great evil? Well, it is the lust for it. One of the big reasons for that, why why it is not the wealth itself, it is the lust for it, is because that lust will never be fulfilled. It'll never be quenched. Because... As those who make that their life pursuit, it's never enough. And so really what he's writing about it is, and I'm not getting in a big discussion about wealth and, and money and all that, but, but it is this idea of what are we pursuing in our lives. I, I want to look at three admonition he gives to Timothy here and to us as well. If you notice in verse 11, he says, But, O man of God, flee these things. The first word I want us to think about is is this idea of fleeing. And the next thing he says, he says, flee these things and pursue or follow righteousness, godliness, faith, eternal life. And then in verse 12, I'm sorry, he says, righteous, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. And then he says in verse 12, fight. Fight a good fight of faith. And so when we look at those three concepts or terms, to flee, to follow, or pursue, and to fight. So he first begins to say to Timothy, flee those things. Well, what things? Well, it's everything he's been talking about. It's the lustful temptations that so easily, as the Hebrews writer says, that so easily ensnares us. Hebrews chapter 12, right? That's why the Hebrews writer says in verse 1, we need to fixate on what? Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Because it's so easy to get distracted by these things. Um, I can't help but in, in thinking about uh, this term flee of going back to um, to Joshua as he's there and, and Potiphar's wife has him uh, in her grasp after she's tried and tried and tried and failed and failed 
to, to lure him into something he shouldn't be involved in. And finally, she's had enough, and she's just going to grab him. And, and what does he do? He flees. He leaves his coat there, and he runs away. Sometimes, we just need to flee sin. We all have great temptations in our lives, things that draw us in. And what's unique about being a human being is they're not all the same. What may, uh, what may attract one person uh, may not another. What may, um, what may get at Patrick may have no effect on me. But what may affect me may have no effect on him. But we're all affected by temptation. James says in James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 that, that one, um, one sins not by God tempting him, but he, when he is tempted, he is drawn away and enticed by his own lust. In, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Peter describes uh, Satan as a, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well... That lion sees um, a gazelle out on the plains. He's looking for that gazelle who's having a little trouble, having a little trouble walking, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger. But he's looking for what? A weakness. Um, and so he's going to attack that weakness. And, and he knows us. Um, you go back to Job. Uh, the first few chapters of Job there as Satan is found there before God and of course God brings up Job and before that he asks Satan he says where you been he says I've been roaming the earth right I've been going to and fro and 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 then so God says uh, you know kind of being proud of his of his child Job and he says have you considered Job my son Job and then, of course, Satan, because he does know us, <laughs> he knows what gets us. And then he, he goes on, of course, to, to, to try to set Job up for failure. And he asks God first to take away all the things he's blessed us. But he says, you created all these hedges around him, but I can't get to him. You let me get to him and I'll get him. Of course, he goes and... And, and God allows those things to be taken away and it didn't work. So he comes back. But the ideal there is that, that Satan is relentless. Look, look at Satan with, with Peter. Um, Jesus tells Peter that Satan has asked to sift the apostles as wheat. That's not a one-time thing. Why is he trying to sift them? He's trying to find the weakness. Because he does not believe you can stand up. And so how, how do we react to that? You know, we could buck up and say, you know what, I can stand up. You know, you, you take uh, someone who, who's maybe a, a smoker who's trying to give up smoking. Why is it so difficult? Well, number one, we don't want to admit we have problems. <laughs> no, right? So it's, it's first tough because we don't want to do it. 
And then when we finally do, we can maybe give a half-hearted effort. Or maybe we feel like we can do it on our own. Paul says, flee. Run away from it. You've got temptations in your life. You've got trouble holding your, uh, your tongue. You've got a loose tongue and you say things to people that you shouldn't say. Either mean or, or, or whatever it be. Do you, do you put up walls in your life so that you, not to wall yourself up from people, but from your weaknesses? You know, even Paul had weaknesses. He says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 12, and he's talking about his thorn in the flesh and how tough it's been for him. Well, Jesus says, for in your weakness I am strong. He knows we're weak. Paul was weak. We're weak. We have weaknesses. And so we need to realize who we are. Um, James says in James chapter 2 that, that we need to view ourselves in a mirror. We need to look and evaluate who we are. One of the commands of the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, but let a man examine himself. We need to know who we are and be honest. You don't have to go around telling everybody else. Although James says, confess your faults one to another. I'm not even asking you to do that, but at least be honest with yourself. I've got to be honest with myself where I'm weak or I struggle. And then I need to flee those things where I know I'm weak. And I need to then follow or pursue what? We go back here uh, to verse 11. He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. He, he esteems all these things that are godly. A lot of that you find in Galatians chapter 6, right? We talk about the fruits of the Spirit. There's the fruits of the Spirit. And, and Paul says, pursue those things. What are we pursuing in our lives? Paul says, the Col- uh, sorry, Colossians, I'm trying to say two different churches, don't work. I'll make up a new church in the New Testament. The Colossian brother says, set your mind, what? Not on things below, but on things above. What are we pursuing in our lives? Are we pursuing a career? Are we pursuing uh, wealth? Are we pursuing nice clothes, hobbies, well, whatever it is? Shouldn't God be first? Shouldn't our Christianity be first? Is it always first, though? I know that's the answer we all should give. Everybody in here should shake your head if I say God. We should pursue God first. The reality is, is that the truth in our life? Again, being honest with ourselves. What is it that we pursue after? What is it that we're chasing in our lives? Is it okay to have hobbies? Is it okay to try to, to want to be good at your job? 
I have to be good at my job. I'm a minister, right? You need to be good at your job too. You need to do your work as a good servant because you represent Christ in your work. I'm not saying don't do those things. You're a nurse. You need to try to be the best nurse you can be. You're a teacher. Be the best teacher you can be. But not to the degradation of your spiritual well-being. You want to be a computer programmer? You want to be a website designer? Great. Be the best you can be. But don't allow that to get between you and your pursuit of God. That must be first. Pursue those things which are above. Paul says, pursue righteousness. Man, workplace is one of the worst places for Satan to try to get at us. That co-worker asks you to go to the bar. Everybody hangs out. You don't have to drink. You can just come and hang out with everybody. Well, you've got a choice to make, right, in those moments. You've got to decide, well, they're not asking me to do anything wrong. I just go and hang out. What's the problem with that? Paul says, what about good morals? Evil companions corrupt good morals. We need to be careful about where we find ourselves. Yes, and I hear this all the time, but there, there are people in, in the bar who need to hear about God. If you're going to hang out with your coworkers in the bar, are you going to bring your Bible with you? I'm betting not, because they're not going to ask you to come back. I think there are other ways to pursue those people. I'm not sure the bar is the best place. Maybe the grocery store, the park. Those might be better. I've never understood that logic. But I've heard it, and I bet Billy Ridley's heard it too. What are we, are we pursuing righteousness? Are we, are we setting the right example of righteousness? Uh, he says, faith, love, patience. Are we pursuing those things? Gentleness. And then finally, he says that in verse 12, we need to fight the good fight of faith. I want to share with you the Greek word here for fight. Fight. Um, it's agonodizumi. <laughs> Don't ask me to say it again. Um, but it literally means, and this is the important part, it literally means to struggle. That is, in the literal sense, to compete for a prize. Or in a figurative sense... To contend with an adversary. In the general sense, to compete that which we have set out to accomplish. We always win in our personal struggles. You always win? I don't. But are you fighting? It's not always about winning. No, we should try to always win, and that's the point. Sometimes it becomes so, maybe we get tired. I get tired. Sometimes with your kids, you get tired. Your grandkids tire you out. Sometimes, we were talking about this the other day, sometimes you're just like, it's not worth the fight. 
That's one thing with your kids. It's another thing in your spiritual life. God knows we're not always going to win those battles. But, and I'm not saying he doesn't, he's lowering his expectations of us. It doesn't make him happy. But we've got to keep fighting. I've seen too many people in my life. I have two brothers who've done this and their wives. They quit fighting. The struggle was hard. The struggle was real. I bet you've got people in your lives. And they just quit. Sometimes you want to go over and smack them in the face and say, Why are you quitting? We can't give up. We can't stop fighting. And that's Paul's point. I mean, he, he's told Timothy, I believe it's, is it chapter 4? If you go back, just make sure I'm... No, I'm sorry. It's in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. He's talking about the work of Timothy. Timothy's an evangelist. He does kind of what I do, right? Like a Billy's devoted his life to and, and other men in his congregation. And he, he's a preacher. But you go back and you read 2 Timothy chapter 4, that's kind of a tough chapter to read. Or tough section. You begin there at verse 1. Verse 2 says, preach the word. And and he's exclaiming it. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long-suffering. Why? He goes on to say, because there will be a time when the brethren won't endure sound doctrine. That's tough as a preacher. That's tough as an elder. It's tough as a Christian. To believe that people won't want to hear the truth anymore? Hey, it's hard. Man, I had a hard conversation this week with somebody. They're in a marriage relationship that shouldn't be involved in. and They were asking me what the Bible says about it. I got no joy out of that. But I'm going to preach the truth. That's a tough life situation. But I don't get to decide to change it. It'd be so easy and it happens way too much that people decide that's just too tough. We're being too hard. thing is, it's not up to us. Now, we speak the truth in love Paul tells the Ephesian brethren, speak the truth in love. We've got to speak the truth in love. Got to be considerate of what people's life situation is, but I'm not going to change the truth. We've got to keep fighting. Satan's going to try every way in which he can to make us give up, to stop. But let me encourage you, please don't. Don't give in. Don't allow him to win that fight. 
He may trip you up at times. He may have those temptations that that get you. and, And you may be struggling through those. Don't give up. Don't say, well, I just can't do it. Fight. He only wins if we give up. Don't give up. Keep fighting. And remember this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You don't have to fight alone. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says to the brethren in Corinth, verse 13, no, no temptation. I didn't leave room for any, right? He's kind of said, no, that's all. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. We're all struggling. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. We're struggling with idolatry. you got some, some Gentile Christians who came out of idolatry and they're struggling with that. There's that pullback into those sinful things. And Paul says, God is faithful that he will provide for you a way of escape. And what that way of escape may be is different things. But I've got to look for it. You know, if, if every time, uh, man, the political world right now is, is chaotic. Oof. And, and you know, I, it, it's sometimes really tough to talk about it. And people are passionate about it. Man, some conversations about it, I just can't have. I don't want to get angry. A lot of people saying things they shouldn't say. Because they allow motion to take over. If I got a problem with anger, I need to avoid talking about those things that have nothing to do with religion that cause those. And if I'm talking about religious topics and I'm getting angry every time, I need to consider my approach. Not the scripture, but my approach to talking to people. I need to look for a way of escape. If I have trouble with my lust, I need to not put myself in situations where my lust may overpower me. If I've got a problem with alcohol, I need to get away from alcohol. If I've got a problem with lying, I need to get some people who can be there to tell me to stop. If I've got a problem with gossip, I need to talk to some people to help me. I need to avoid the conversations where I begin to gossip about my brethren. 
about my family, about my friends, about my neighbors, about my co-workers. I've got to look for the way of escape. Flee sin. Pursue righteousness. And fight. Don't give up. God is there to help us. We just have to look for the help. Maybe the help is a brother or sister. Maybe the help's my spouse. But don't quit. Don't give up. You're a child of God who's fighting for your spiritual survival tonight. Do you know someone in your life who's fighting for their spiritual survival? Maybe tonight we need to pray with you, for you, or maybe someone you know. Maybe tonight you need to become a child of God and you're ready to make that. Maybe you're ready to start to begin to pursue godliness. We can help you do that as well. Any need that you have, any at all, please let us help. Together as we stand and sing, please come forward if you have any need.